welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction Welcome to this podcast from the series TALC. It forms part of the module called TALC Skills for Effective Explanations and Planning, focusing on explanations. The chapter concerned here is called Is Chunking and Checking a Good Way to Eat an Elephant? One Bite at a Time. As long as the centuries continue to unfold, the number of books will grow continually and one can predict that a time will come when it will be almost as difficult to learn anything from books as from the direct study of the whole universe. It will be almost as convenient to search for some bit of truth concealed in nature as it will be to find it hidden away in immense multitude of bound volumes. That was Diderot talking about information overload in 1755. We're still worried about information overload now. Every age tends to think that humans are bombarded by too much information. In 1956, George Miller asserted that humans can only hold seven, he thought plus or minus two, items in their short-term memory at a time. Some psychologists have even reduced this to four items. Perhaps this partly explains why clinicians often worry about giving patients information because they believe that patients don't remember what they are told or that they only remember three things. These concerns may mean that clinicians try to limit the amount of information they share with patients. I'm not so sure whether this is the most relevant way of thinking about things. The research which gave rise to the ideas that we could only remember seven things at a time was mainly done by asking subjects to remember sequences of digits like telephone numbers or other arbitrary lists like lists of words. That kind of memorisation has very dubious relevance to clinical situations in my view. However, further research that suggests that so-called working memory is actually influenced by many factors, including whether the information is presented clearly, the length of words, and also whether the information links to what people already know or understand. Now, in almost all studies relating to clinical contexts, what we find is that patients retain most of the relevant information they hear, and they actually would like more information than they are usually given. The chapter in Skills for Communicating with Patients that deals with explanations has an excellent summary of the evidence around this issue. Suffice to say, in primary care, 90% of patients recalled all the key points that they were told. In the United States, this part of the consultation is often called patient education. And that phrase might help us to link the skills of education and training to those of the consultation. In both cases, the aims and objectives need to be linked to the needs of the participants or the needs of the patients and we have to choose the right communication methods. There are effective strategies to improve our explanations that will in turn lead to more effective shared decision-making, more personalised care 
and better planning of care. These approaches enable patients to assimilate and retain information by organising it into discrete sections that follow logically, like a story. We remember stories with a beginning, a middle and an end far better than random facts. It's especially true if the narrative relates to our own existing concerns and what we know and understand already. I think a good example of this is kind of like a soap opera. A person's life is like a character that we see in Coronation Street or listen to on the arches. When we get new information about them, we remember it because we fit it into everything we already know about the story and about the character and the way they behave. And when patients get new information that's linked to their existing concerns, which takes their perspective into account and which is personalised for them, they'll remember it. So for effective explanations, chunks of information need to be followed by an invitation for the patient to respond, which is often referred to as checking, hence chunking and checking. All too often, the second half of the consultation is a monologue from the clinician, telling the patient what the clinician has decided needs to be done. After listening carefully during information gathering, it's almost as if the clinician says, it's my turn now, takes over and starts to dominate the conversation. If you watch a video, you can do a sketch diagram to show who does most of the talking at different stages of the consultation. Less experienced consultors tend to listen more at the beginning and talk a lot more in the second half. The second half of the consultation must continue to be a dialogue. Tuckett describes this as a meeting between experts and what he means is that the clinician has expert knowledge of their medical field. However, the patient has expert knowledge of themselves, their own situation and their own constraints. In the process of checking the patient's response to the information, the clinician will continue to use essential skills from the gathering information and building the relationship sections of the consultation. Clues and cues from the patient continue to be important and eliciting the patient's thoughts, concerns and hopes about the explanation and the possible plan will enable a fruitful dialogue and effective care planning will follow. When a patient has been able to understand their situation and discuss how they will deal with things, they're more likely to adhere to a suitable and personalised management plan. This also increases patient satisfaction and reduces clinician stress. Shared plans are more likely to result in the contributions of patient and clinician being aligned. This reduces conflict and improves outcomes. Clinicians need to bear in mind that the most suitable plan for the patient's care may not be the clinician's own preferred plan. It's the patient's preferences which really need to carry a lot of weight. Many patient factors require compromise, adaptation and nuance so that shared and personalised management plans are realistic and likely to be carried out by the patient. If we insist that our own ideas as clinicians are prioritised, this can lead to dissatisfaction and poor adherence, and that can lead to poorer clinical outcomes. After an effective explanation in chunks with checking has been provided, 
in language that the patient understands, which means no jargon. And when that explanation relates to the patient's own thoughts and concerns, the clinician will want to move forward then to develop an agreed personalised management plan with the patient. And this requires other skills covered in the module TALC, Skills for Effective Planning of Care. This includes chapters about shared decision-making, discussing uncertainty and decision-making in complex situations. It's worth emphasising an important point, which is encapsulated in the Calgary Cambridge skill number 36. Gives explanation at appropriate times, avoids giving advice, information or reassurance prematurely. Examples of where this can go wrong are very commonly seen in videos. A patient might come along and say, I want some antibiotics for this cold. And they get an immediate explanation about why antibiotics are not needed for colds. That statement about antibiotics is a clue. It needs to be parked for later on. What if the examination reveals a rather stoical patient who's consulting very late in an illness who actually has a pneumonia? The premature explanation about antibiotics has to be rather painfully rescinded, which makes the clinician seem incompetent even if they're not. It's important to think about the talc skills for information gathering can read in between the lines make for a more accurate diagnosis to learn about good strategies for picking up clues and cues. A patient who says something like, this is probably nothing, I just want you to reassure me that this spot is not important, may kind of lure the clinician into premature reassurance before they've examined things carefully and realised that the patient has several other spots, one of which might be a melanoma. If clinicians structure their explanations and listen to patients' responses, then use that as the starting point for discussing the plan of care. The second half of the consultation becomes less stressful and more effective. Acquiring explanation skills is vital for daily consultations. And as performance in examinations is often poor in this part, these skills will also improve performance when it comes to passing exams. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.